Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome into the hard count. The transfer portal dominoes have all but settled. Who won the portal? Like when we look at this whole thing, and there's still some big names out there, but who will we decide as you know the winners and losers? Well, we got to talk about that in this very show. Also, don't know if you were paying attention to this. Some win totals came out in Las Vegas. A couple of win totals out there, so naturally. We got to talk about the ones that we're going to make some money off of. I want to focus on the SEC for this live show, but I got uh, four or five, give or take, teams that I think you and I can uh, take home some greenbacks. Florida State, they have the most returning production in the entire country. What's the impact of that? Is that just a nice story? Is that just something for us to fill time during the offseason? Or is that really going to mean something when it comes to the fall and for Florida State and their aspirations to play for a national title? Speaking of national title odds, there are five teams. Yeah, five teams. We'll go through five teams from Georgia to USC, Bama, Michigan. What are the key question marks for them when it comes to making or breaking their aspirations to winning a national title? I'm fired up to have you along for this ride, man. We talk college football every single day on this beautiful platform. That is the On3 YouTube channel. Welcome into the hard count. I'm J.D. Pakel, Trey Yannity on the ones and twos. We can't waste too much more time now. Because there's a couple of names out there that are still floating, and it could potentially impact our uh, our winners and losers here. But let's get right to it, man. The transfer portal. Like I just said, the dust has all but settled on a lot of these teams with their portal classes. So when we look at this thing, who won the portal and who lost the portal? I want to start with a couple of these winners. And the first winner with the team with the number one transfer portal class, according to us here at On3, the USC Trojans. 
took 14 transfers. And when you look at USC, they got Marshawn Lloyd on the offensive side of the ball, going to help tote the rock for them. They got Emmanuel Pregnon shoring up the trenches on the offensive side of the ball. It feels like to me, USC did the best job of addressing needs. USC already a really good football team. There's a reason why they're in that top five range when it comes to national title odds. They did a lot to help themselves. Got a lot of really good players, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Got Mason Cobb, linebacker from, from Oklahoma State, already stepping into a leadership role. You got Big Bear Alexander from Georgia. Going to be wreaking havoc in the interior for the defensive line for USC. Also got Anthony Lucas, former top prospect from Texas A&M. So when you look at USC, everything that you know, was on the wish list that you were hoping maybe Lincoln Riley would come back with from this portal hall, USC has it in spades. There's a reason why the number one portal class for us, there's a reason why we have them as a winner. USC and Lincoln Riley continue to do their thing utilizing the portal. Now another individual we got to talk about who's done a really good job utilizing the transfer portal, Coach Prime. And Coach Prime and company, they got the number two portal class for us. They just flipped the entire roster. Like When you talk about Colorado this coming season, I don't want to hear a peep about what they did in 2022. A lot of people are going to say, they only won one game, they only this, they only that. Dude, those people that were a part of that one-win season aren't in Boulder, Colorado anymore. Coach Prime went and got 43 transfers and counting. The sheer volume of new individuals they have on that roster is just frightening. It's a totally new outfit at Colorado, and it's not just the volume. They also got some really good players. Some of the most notable ones, Shador Sanders, obviously Deion Sanders' son playing quarterback. Travis Hunter playing both ways for Colorado. Cavassier Smoke going to be a guy for them in the backfield from Kentucky. We could keep going here. We don't have enough time to go through every single person that transferred into Colorado, Jimmy Horn Jr., another one that was a big-time player that Colorado got from USF. So Colorado just completely knocked the entire old house down, picked up some pieces, and not just rebuilt the house where it was. They took a whole new property, whole new neighborhood, whole new zip code, and are building Colorado to a new operation in 2023. So Colorado, number two portal class for us, the volume, the quality. It's a new Colorado team. Credit Coach Prime and Company, never seen anything like it in college football, modern college football, any way you want to shape it, any kind of history era you want to pull from, we haven't seen this before. So I am fascinated to see what happens in 23 and beyond for Coach Prime down there in Boulder. I guess it'd be up there in Boulder, technically. Mile high city, mile high elevation, whatever. Colorado, you feel me? Auburn is another transfer portal winner for us here. And the, the thing that comes to mind when I think about Auburn and what they did through the transfer portal, they just ensured where the floor is going to be for their program. Number six portal class in the country. Is it going to be a mansion in 23? Is Colorado going or excuse me, is, is Auburn going to be a team that, you know, wins the SEC and, and wins double digit games? Like, I don't know. It's college football. It's impossible to speak in absolutes. But I think you did a better job ensuring in year one under Hugh Freeze that the whole floor isn't going to cave in on you. The house isn't going to collapse. You just upped the talent. Because there's a lot of people in Auburn, Alabama that feel like Brian Harson didn't do them too many favors in terms of what he left for Hugh Freeze. And by nature of what they did on the field last year, my nature of what Hugh Freeze did to this roster, I think that tells us all we need to know. So Hugh Freeze and company did a lot to just ensure that the, the foreseeable future is going to be at a better jumping off point than what it was when Hugh Freeze arrived there. 
Peyton Thorne at quarterback. They're in the hunt for a couple other playmakers, it sounds like. They added uh, Hudson from Ohio State, a wide receiver. Like, they, uh, Keys from Ole Miss, like a, a linebacker. They did a lot throughout the roster to just ensure a better jumping off point, like I was already saying. Now, Florida State, it's no stranger to the portal. Mike Norvell is arguably the portal king. There's going to be a lot of people saying, well, Lincoln Riley, well, Deion Sanders, Lane Kiffin, I hear you, I hear you, but we don't understand. Florida State and Mike Norvell, they have made their bed this way. Like, they're no stranger to this game. And they had a lot coming back production-wise. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. They didn't have to go out in the portal and retool some of the positions that they did. Still go and get the top corner in the transfer portal in Fentrell Cypress, one of the best tight ends in the transfer portal in Jaheim Bell from South Carolina. They're not new to this. They had the number, I believe it was a number 15 or so class, according to us here at On3, did Florida State. They're just continuing to stock up. They didn't have to, but they have the luxury of being able to do that, adding players that can help ensure that they can be competitive for what they want to be competitive for in 2023. And we say it a lot on here now, Florida State, they have built to a year like this. They built to a season like this. They've gone through the growing pains with Mike Norvell. They've gone through a couple portal classes. Now they're at the place where it's not a need to go to the portal. It is a luxury to go to the portal. Did a really good job adding some key pieces. Daryl Jackson, another one they added from Miami, defensive lineman. He's going to be a guy in the trenches for them that helps you know, ensure some of that defensive line depth. So Florida State, not a lot of needs, but a lot of luxury pieces they got to add and uh, help shore up some other pieces of their roster. Now, the last winner I have for us is Louisville. It's Jeff Braum showed up on campus. They had a lot of production they were losing, and they had a lot of guys transfer out, and Jeff Braum just says, what's popping? Number five portal class. We're here. Shout out to Jack Harlow for that reference with Jeff Braum and Louisville and Jack Harlow. Like, you, you get the reference. This is, this is just adding good building blocks for Louisville. They're just trying to ensure they don't take steps backwards. They won eight games a season ago under the previous regime, but Jeff Brom, a guy that I think gets Louisville, brought in a quarterback of his from Purdue who then went to Cal, and Jack Plummer got him to transfer to Louisville, got his guy for the future, it looks like. So I like Louisville. I love what they did in the portal. Again, they're a top-five class for us. Louisville is definitely a winner when it comes to this transfer portal season, if you will. So USC, Colorado, Auburn, Florida State, Louisville, all winners for us. I got a couple losers now. Never fun, but we got to do it. Really quickly, though, make sure you subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel. We talk college football every single day. Shout out to all the wonderful people listening on podcast right now, making us a part of your day. We appreciate you for that. Also, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at JDPakel. Okay. Like I said, it's, it's not fun, but in the beautiful thing that is competition, there's winners and there's losers. And people were competing for top talent through the portal. And these are the schools that I think ended up being on the losing side of that. So, first loser for me is Michigan State. And Michigan State, man, it's, it's just tough. It's tough. You lost your starting quarterback from a year ago, a two-time team captain. And then you lost your best offensive weapon in Keon Coleman, at wide receiver. Peyton Thorne obviously went to Auburn. We'll see where Keon Coleman ends up going. The tough part for Michigan State is I don't think that these losses were related. Like, it wasn't like Keon Coleman and Peyton Thorne weren't happy for the same reasons. We've talked about why they left on previous videos. So to, to give it a, a quick recap, Keon Coleman sounds like testing the market with NIL, Peyton Thorne. There's different layers to why he left, whether it was 
he wasn't sure he was going to start and there was some really good competition or maybe he wasn't happy with the competition. Not sure why Peyton Thorne transferred. I think he transferred to a better situation at Auburn. And now at Michigan State, you're saying, what is going on? Why are, why are these guys transferring out? Also, we had an 11-win season the year before, and now we won five games. Like, what, what is going on? I don't think that the ceiling is coming out of Michigan State, but through the portal, it's tough to say that they weren't losers this window, losing two key pieces like that. So tough in East Lansing, tough for Mel Tucker. I think Michigan State is a loser this time around. Now, Texas A&M, subtraction by subtraction. 31 players transferred out of College Station. And I still think Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher are going to have a good season in 2023. I don't think it'll be anything like you saw in 22 where they miss a bowl game. Still a lot of talent on that roster. But I mean, we just saw, in a lot of ways, a purge. And there's different things as to why people say they transferred out, whether it's culture, whether it's NIL deals gone sour. Like, there's a lot of opinions out there. At the end of the day, we got to take it at face value. Texas A&M, anytime you lose 31 players... In the span of an offseason, I don't think they're cutting those guys. Not all of them, at least. I don't think they're, 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 those are guys that they were happy to see leave 31 players gone from the roster. Then you got to go and add some players. And Texas A&M did that, but losing 31 talented players, for the most part, not good business for Texas A&M. So is it the end of the world in College Station? I don't think so. But still, for A&M, subtraction by subtraction. Anytime you lose 31 players. So here's it, here it is with uh, the last loser for us here. It's Mississippi State. The thing for me with Mississippi State is they only added nine transfers. And you're saying, J.D., nine transfers? That's a lot. Yeah, it is, but they lost double-digit transfers. And when I look at what Mississippi State is going through right now, your heart breaks for that community. Your heart breaks for what they had to go through at the end of last college football season. And now they shift their focus from an offensive perspective, going from air raid to being pro style with Kevin Barbet. And the reason why I have them as, as a loser in this category, in this segment, you needed to be a buyer if you're Mississippi State. Like you needed to go get new ingredients to fit this new approach offensively. You're going from air raid to pro style. Y'all that know football, I mean, you, you know that is not the same kind of player you're playing with in both those systems. You have to mix and match. You got to go get better offensive linemen probably to run block. You got to go get some running backs that can tote the mail and take it downhill. You got to get some other receivers. And I would have loved to see them be more aggressive in the portal. I don't think they got what they needed ingredients wise to run the system they want to run in 2023. Needed to be buyers to Mississippi State. So to be clear, all three of these schools, Michigan State, A&M, Mississippi State, I'm not saying they're going to have a bad season. I'm not saying, hey, curtain call, that's it for them bury them before the season even started. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think that when it comes to this portal cycle, they're holding the short end of the stick. So winners and losers in the beautiful thing that is competition, that is the, the transfer portal windows in college football. But even so, we're going to get to have a better gauge for this as we get into the season and see what those transfers actually amount to in their new homes. Listen, we got Trey Hannity on the ones and twos today, baby. I'm fired up. Alum of the Alabama Crimson Tide from the Southeastern Conference. Little switch up from our good friend Nick Brake, who's a Conference USA alum in Western Kentucky. But let's go back to the SEC really quick because Las Vegas, Nevada, God bless them. A lot of skyscrapers in Las Vegas because they make money off of other people losing bets. Now, those of y'all that were a part of Against the Suits a year ago, 
if you tailed us on every pick, you made some money. Okay, so they put out some win totals, some preseason win totals on a lot of teams across the country. I want to focus on the SEC. Some teams that I think there's, there's some opportunities to make some money on, quite frankly. So I got one, two, three, four, five bets that I really like when it comes to the win totals for next year. So let's not waste too much more time. Let's get after it. And uh, let's tell you what we like here. South Carolina. The over-under win total for them is six and a half wins. So for the Gamecocks, listen, I need three wins of your five early. Okay, I need UNC. I need Furman. I need Mississippi State. You play Georgia, you play Tennessee. I don't feel as confident about those. The gimmies now are Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt. The two toss-ups are at Mizzou and at Texas A&M. But here's the deal with the Gamecocks, y'all. Hey, we're home all November, baby. Coach Beamer and company, we're staying at Willie B all November. Come and see us. A team that gets to be at home for an entire month to end the season to kind of get their strength back after the tough front part of their schedule. I am loving South Carolina. Spencer Rattler's going to be dealing. Juice Wells is going to be bringing the juice. The defense, I think, will be improved. Beamer ball in full force. Lock it in. We love six and a half wins. The over six and a half wins for South Carolina. Go ahead and lock that one in, baby. Now, listen, Georgia Bulldogs, the win total, it's scary. It's a little bit frightening. 11 and a half wins over under. What does that mean? If you like the over on that, you got to pick Georgia, go undefeated. Spoiler. We like the over on that. And you're saying, J.D., come on, man. That's scary. That's scary. You're picking to go undefeated? Listen, if it scares you, we'll lock arms. We'll do this together. Safe game, safe prizes, man. Okay, that's the reality here when you look at Georgia. Do you really want to look Kirby Smart in the face and tell him you didn't bet on his team to go undefeated? It really just comes down to Tennessee. You go to Knoxville, you go to Neyland, and we'll pick that game when it gets here. But if I'm a betting man, and I'm a betting man today, I'm betting on Kirby Smart and company to go undefeated. I like them over 11 and a half wins. Go ahead and lock that one in for the dogs in Athens. Another team we'll talk about here. A lot of six and a half wins. Vegas threw out a lot of six and a half wins for us, Trey. Auburn is at six and a half wins, and I need these five, okay? I need UMass, Cal, Samford, Vandy, New Mexico State. Okay, so that's five off the top. What should be five off the top now, assuming that Auburn is who we think they are. Here's my question, though. Are you going two for three against these teams? Mississippi State at the crib, at Arkansas, at A&M. I love Hugh Freeze. I love Peyton Thorne. I've talked a lot about the Tigers, man. We stay in Hugh Freeze here. But the reality is I don't feel good enough to think they're going to go two out of three against Mississippi State, Arkansas, A&M. I like six a lot more than I like seven. Auburn fans, the future is bright, but I'm going to go ahead and lean six wins for Auburn. I'm going to go under six and a half for the Tigers. It's sad, but it's true. Somebody's got to do it, man. Now, again, another six and a half wins. This is our third six and a half win team we're talking about. The Tigers of Missouri. One of you actually got at me on Twitter because I tweeted out the graphic that our main on three page tweeted out with the win totals. And I quoted it and I said, listen, where are the locks, y'all? I like to think we have a very intelligent audience. And a lot of y'all follow me on Twitter at Judy Paquel. Where are the locks on here? And one of (laughs) y'all, it was phenomenal. One of y'all said, take every dollar you have out of the bank and put it on under Missouri, six and a half. (laughs) 
I'm like, all right, man, every single dollar? Dang. Every single dollar? I mean, like, depending on how much you're working with, every single dollar? So I took a closer look at Missouri because you felt passionate about this. We're the people's show. We feel passionate about things together. I started to look at Missouri. Not a lot coming back. The offense averaged 24 points a game. 24 points a game, y'all. That ain't winning football. Also, who's playing quarterback? Can someone tell me who's playing quarterback? You look at the schedule, because the schedule is everything when it comes to win totals. It is a brutal six-week stretch from that first week of October to November. You go LSU, at Kentucky, South Carolina. Next week, catch your breath with a bye week. Get some Gatorade in you. Hit the cold tub. Recover as much as you can. Because then you go to Georgia. You go between the hedges and go play the defending national champions. Then you play Tennessee. I do not like that schedule. I do not like that stretch. Somebody's got to be under here. And I'm trusting the audience. I'm trusting our gut. We're taking Missouri under six and a half wins. Listen, life is too short to bet the under. But when a, a, a bet like this is screaming at you, you take the under. All right? And if we look stupid later, we look stupid later. But you bet with the heart, not with the head. And the heart is saying under six and a half wins for Missouri. So here's the last one. And it's LSU, nine and a half wins, over under, right? Tigers of Baton Rouge. We love the Tigers, man. And this is one that I looked at early in the week. And we just, I mean, tell you what, full knockdown, drag out, WWE style, man. We wrestled with this one. I'm tossing and turning in the bed and not my wife's like, what's going on? I'm like, babe, I don't know. Is, is LSU going to win 10 games or nine games? Because Vegas knows something now. Nine and a half wins. You and I know. They know something here. It's going to be very close to either side of this. So you think on it. You think on it. Here's what I've decided. Brian Kelly took this team to Atlanta. His first year in Baton Rouge. First year in Baton Rouge, Brian Kelly takes them to the SEC title game. Now, LSU last year, what were the games that they lost? The games that it felt like from the outside looking in where LSU beat themselves. Tennessee, maybe you kind of throw that one out. They don't play Tennessee this year. Show me the three losses for LSU that are just gimme losses. Show me the three. Maybe you say Florida State. Okay. If that's how you feel, I don't know if that's a gimme loss, but okay, I'll say Florida State first one of the year. J.D., they go to Bama. Okay, I hear you, to Bama. All right, so I'll give you those two. What's the next loss on the schedule? What's the next gimme loss? At Ole Miss? I don't think so. I think Jaden Daniels improves. I think this defense improves. I think the culture matures. I don't think we see LSU beat themselves like we saw them do last year against A&M. So we're taking LSU over nine and a half wins. Again, safe games, safe prizes. Go ahead and lock that one in. We like the Tigers for 10 wins on the season. How about that? So to recap it for you, got a program crush on Beamer Ball in South Carolina. We like them over six and a half wins. I'm not betting against Kirby Smart. That's for darn sure. Over 11 and a half wins for the dogs. Auburn, I like six more than seven. We're taking under six and a half wins for the Tigers' first year under Hugh Freeze. Another Tigers at six and a half wins. We're taking the under for Missouri. LSU, man, we wrestle with it, but we like over nine and a half wins for the Tigers. So three Tigers on here. We're betting the over on one of them and under on two of them. I'm telling you right now, get in on this. Get in on this right now. If you were with Against the Suits last year, you made some money. We appreciate y'all for that now. Appreciate y'all for that. Man, Vegas, I'm telling you, they make a lot of money every single year, but you watch this show, we're going to make sure that we take back what's ours. Against the Suits, back in full-fledged, man.
tell you what. Shout out to everybody on podcast right now listening. Gosh dang it, we love y'all, man. If you're on podcast, you know what that means? It means you had some reason why you couldn't watch us live on YouTube. And man, I get it. Life happens. Life happens. You maybe have a, a real job. Maybe you got kids. Maybe you're babysitting. Maybe you're going for a walk. You got something going on. But you said, you know what? I can find time. I can't watch live, but I can find time to go back and listen to the hard count. Because I'm a part of this program. I'm a part of this community. I, I want to make sure that I don't leave my guys hanging over there at the hard count. So we love you all for that on Apple, on Spotify, however you get down, you can find the hard count there. All right. And if, and if you're live locked in right now, freaking love you too. All right. So thank you for being here. Let's keep this thing moving, man. We talked about Vegas and their opinion on the SEC. We told you we're going to make some money. It's going to be a great time. Vegas also has some opinions on the contenders. Okay. We got five contenders and they're their early odds, their futures, whatever. But I want to talk about the variables around these contenders. What are the questions we have for these teams if they were to win a national title? What's the number one question we need answered? I'm so glad you asked. Let's talk about it. Vegas likes Georgia as the best odds to win the national title. Surprise, surprise. Have them at plus 220. My question for Georgia is, is Carson Beck as advertised? Is 15 going to be slinging that pill around like a shady pharmacist? Do we know what we're getting in him? Because I saw him in the spring game now. I saw Carson Beck in that spring game. It fired me up, dude. Like, if that's what Georgia's going to be offensively, I love Stetson Bennett. God bless him. Hope he never pays for another thing in Athens, Georgia. But Carson Beck, man, got that arm talent. Looked like a, a technician behind that offensive line in Georgia. This thing in, in Athens, that roster, it's not built to shift gears. And you know what I mean by that. Any of y'all that drive stick, I don't drive stick. Thank the Lord. But when you drive stick, there's potential for that thing to stall out if you don't shift gears properly. You kind of got to shift it one way, and then eventually the car makes some noises and eventually gets into gear. That's not the thing at Georgia now. We've looked at that roster. We know how Kirby Smart recruits. We know that culture. It's not built to shift gears. It's built to be pedal to the metal. Let's go get us a third ring. And so my question, going back to Carson Beck, if he's as advertised, they don't have to shift gears. They just keep this thing rolling. Coach Bobo now calling the plays. Carson Beck, QB1, you would imagine the defense is still just stocked with ridiculous ability. 70% of the production is back from a year ago. Is Carson Beck someone you have to account for? Like we saw Stetson Bennett be in 21. Or is he someone that propels Georgia, like we saw Stetson Bennett be in 2022? So is Carson Beck as advertised? That's the number one question I need answered for the dogs. Because if we see Carson Beck look like how we looked in that spring game, God bless the rest of the country. God bless the rest of the SEC. God bless the rest of college football. But Georgia will be on a tear. All right? Really quickly, make sure you're locked in right here. Subscribe to the On3 YouTube channel. We talk ball every single day. You're watching a college football show in May. If you're on podcast, you listen to a college football show in May. We love you so much for it. Listen, we're cut from the same cloth, okay? We're family. Make sure you're locked in right here, all right? Now, the second best odds in Vegas. Got Ohio State at plus 600. Here's my question for them. Similar to Georgia, a little bit different, but similar. Does this Ferrari have a driver? Fancy way of saying you got Devin Brown, you got Kyle McCord, two five-star options, okay? Not bad. A lot of people would give their left arm and a special teams unit to be able to have that problem. But I love what they have personnel-wise. Marvin Harrison Jr. probably could have been a top-five pick this season. Dude, is that good? The personnel on the defensive side, I think, is what gets slept on. JT Tui Malowow, I've told you on here, all Big Ten, written all over him. 
like Gary Bugtier. He's got, got All-American written all over him. Same thing with JT Tumaloao. I love what they have with Jack Sawyer on the defensive end. I love Tommy Eichenberg, leader of that defense coming back. I love what they did in the portal. Jihad Carter at safety, Denzel Burke at corner. I love all the pieces here at Ohio State. So the car is built really nice. The car has all the bells and whistles. We know we can, we can go full throttle with this thing. Do we have a driver? You, you and I both know, man, you have a Ferrari. You take that thing 100 miles an hour. That's great. But if you crash the car, it's on the driver. It doesn't matter how fast the car is if you just are steering off the road every now and then. So do they have a driver? Because C.J. Shroud, there's a lot of a narrative around about how he didn't beat Michigan and Ohio State didn't look great those days. Listen, he still went over three bills in those games. If you don't have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, what do those games look like, final score? I don't know. It's a team game. You don't pin it all on C.J. Stroud, but I just think that question has to be asked. Do you have a driver at Ohio State to run this Ferrari? That's my question. Next up, Trey Andy's Alabama Crimson Tide. They're at plus 600. Everybody and their mama saying, Nick Saban's lost his touch. Oh, look, they went and got Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. Couldn't even start at Notre Dame, and they might bring him to start at Bama. Alabama, man, sell them down the river. Well, Vegas isn't. They're telling you third best odds. I mean, tied for second best odds. If we want to be real, they're tied with Ohio State to win the national title. What does the makeover look like in Tuscaloosa? What does the makeover look like? They got a new DC, got a new OC. They're going to have a new quarterback, whether it's Milrose, Simpson, Lonigan, Holstein, Buckner. They're going to have somebody new behind center. What does the makeover look like? Because listen, we all know this. Sad but true. Not all makeovers are created equal, okay? You and I both have had that friend that comes back from getting a makeover, and this is not gender-specific. It could be a guy or a girl. They try something new. They get a makeover. They come out, and it's like, man, the old way looked better. The old way was, this is not you. I understand what you're trying to do. I like it, but this is not a good look. Or is it, wow, much better. New you. I like it. This suits you. What's the makeover look like? Because they have 125th ranked returning production. Meaning, this will be a new Alabama team. Staff, roster, all of it. It's looking new at Alabama. What does the makeover look like? The quarterback position is going to get most of the attention, and it probably should. I'm fascinated to see what that looks like during the fall, just by nature of all the newness that we've talked about so far with talking about Alabama. What does the makeover look like? Because here's the thing, man. I'm not betting against Saban. I'm not doing it. I might think Contrary to his success, I might predict differently, but I'm not putting any money down against Alabama. Just not a good way to live life. So as long as Nick Saban's running the show, Alabama is very much so going to be alive. And here's the thing, man. They're motivated. They've heard all that talk about Saban losing the step, about Alabama not being Bama anymore. They've heard all that. I promise you. You know what that is? Ammunition. Just giving Alabama more and more ammunition, more and more fuel to the fire. I don't know what this is. I don't, those of you listening on podcast, don't worry about what I'm doing with my hands. I'm trying to, I guess, like feed a horse or something, feed a machine, because Alabama is a machine. You do not want to give them more fuel to work with. All right, so keep an eye on Bama. They're at plus 600. My question is, what does the makeover look like? A team that has national title aspirations right behind Alabama. They're at plus 1,000. It's the Michigan Wolverines. Is there another evolution for them? Do we see more balance? Because that's the thing now. They have a lot coming back, too, defensively, offensively. I mean, they have four-fifths of that Joe Moore, winning, Joe Moore award-winning offensive line coming back. 
to dogs in the backfield and Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. It all comes back to what are we doing offensively? Is it J.J. McCarthy's turn to really wheel and deal here? We talked about it on a separate one-off video. Shout out to y'all that are subscribed. You probably saw that video. Is there, is there another evolution for Michigan? Is there another evolution? Because when Michigan put everybody on notice, when we really started taking Michigan seriously as a college football public, it was when J.J. McCarthy came out against Ohio State and was just wheeling and dealing. Over 260 yards, three touchdowns, he ran one in. Like The offense went through J.J. McCarthy that day, and we saw the dividends. And then we all start saying, okay, we've got to take Michigan seriously now. Michigan's a real national title contender. Is that what we see from them in 2023? Is there more balance? When you can run the ball for over 200 yards a game, you do that, okay? I'm not telling you to switch up the identity, but I am saying maybe just a little more balance, maybe a little more of a vertical presence. Maybe you, you, know, you give the, the pots and the pans and all the ingredients and the oven mitts to J.J. McCarthy and you say, here you go, brother, let's go cook. Maybe you let J.J. McCarthy cook. I'm just saying, all right? That's my question for them. Do we see another evolution? Because I think that's what you need. I think plan A for Michigan is still steady. I think it works great. But you got to have a couple other answers to beat a Georgia, to beat Ohio State should you see them in the playoff. I know you beat Ohio State twice in a row on the regular season, so I'm not doubting that. Is there another evolution to what Michigan does offensively? I'm curious to see it, but I'm fired up for it. Now, here's another one. Last one we're going to talk about here. The USC Trojans at plus 1,600. Can you imagine how mad the college football world would be if USC ended up winning a national title? We're not going to jump into that too much, but you and I both know if a West Coast team got it done, I don't know what we'd do with ourselves when it comes to the storylines around college football and how it's going to be so regional. It's so regional. Well, a team on the West Coast just won the whole thing, and Vegas has given them plus 1,600 odds to do it. So here's my question for USC. Is there enough there on that roster to turn Caleb Williams from the equalizer to the edge. Because here's the deal last year. A lot of time you talk about USC and you talk about Caleb Williams and you say, man, USC, they don't have a great rush defense. And yeah, they get turnovers, but they're not very solid on that side of the ball. But guess what? They got Caleb Williams might not matter. Caleb Williams is going to be the one that kind of levels the playing field. USC, number one ranked portal class. Barry Alexander, shoring up the defensive line. Anthony Lucas, shoring up the defensive line. Mason Cobb, going to be a leader of that defense at linebacker. Does that make it so, okay, well, USC actually does have a solid defense. Now, you look at the, the roster, the overall attributes. Those of you that have played NCAA 14, you know what I'm talking about here. Is now Caleb Williams not just the guy that gets you back even. He's the guy that puts you over the top. He's more than the equalizer. He's the edge for you. Can you weaponize number 13 is what I'm trying to ask here because he's a generational talent. Tell you what, man, we have not seen something like Caleb Williams in college football and I don't know how long. We may never see something like him again. Like he, he is maybe a one of one when it comes to the college football landscape and what we get to see from him. For USC, man, you don't want to waste the last year you got with him. You got him for one year, okay? Like, we can talk ourselves into, well, he's got more eligibility. Yeah, but is he coming back? No. No, he's already talking about how he would like to go to the Dolphins should he be drafted. And he wasn't just saying that out, you know, on his own. He was prompted with that question. But, like, he's already, from, for some people, he's already going to be the number one pick next year. And I'm one of those people as well. He'll be the number one pick next year. You got one year with him. Can you make it matter? 
Can you make him more than just the guy that gets you even? Can you make him your edge? Yes, he's going to win you football games, but is he going to win you football games because the offense has to score 50? Or is he winning you football games because your offense scored 50, but your defense only allowed 25? That's the world I want to live in from a USC fan. So that's the big question I have for USC. They're at plus 1,600. So to recap it for you, Georgia, is Carson Beck as good as advertised? Ohio State, you got a Ferrari of a roster. Ferrari of an offense. Does that Ferrari have a driver? Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, two five-star options. Remains to be seen. Alabama, what does the makeover look like? Not all makeovers are created equal. Bama's going through a makeover right now. What does it look like on the back end of this thing? Michigan, do we see another evolution? It's no secret, J.J. McCarthy, he's got a talented arm. Do they let him cook a little bit more this year? Is that the approach for Michigan? A little more balance? We'll see. For USC, are you able to allow Caleb Williams to not just be the equalizer, but to be your edge? I'm fired up to watch it. Those are my questions for the contenders and we're going we're gonna to track this thing like a hawk, as we always do right here on the On3 YouTube channel. Promise you that now. Promise you that. Now, before we move on here, we talked about USC for a second there. And listening back to this show, man, I'm just always looking for ways to make this more interactive and to kind of peel back the curtain as much as possible and, and make it a, a you and me thing, right? And one way that I think we can do that is just kind of share some stories here. Let's kind of have a good, a good story time. That's what we love about, you know, college football and the human element to begin with. Like, I just, just want to talk to you all about some of my experiences. And thinking about USC now, one experience specifically comes to mind. There's a couple of them, but one specifically comes to mind that I thought we had to talk about here. So, y'all that know me, I'm from Southern California. I've lived all over the place, but spent a lot of my formative years in Southern California. And... Every time I would, I would go back for the summer, we'd go back to this dune in Manhattan Beach. It's called Manhattan Beach. It's not really a beach. It's just this, this hill that is, I kid you not, probably 150 yards high. And it is deep sand, and you run up it. You run up it enough times, you're ready for your conditioning test when you get back to school. Okay, so that, that was what I would go and do with some of my teammates from high school, and we'd go get ready for the season, and like it was a great time. Thing is, that, that's a trek now. So from Orange County, that's about 45 minutes to an hour, maybe more with traffic, driving to those sand dunes. And so one day we're going to the dunes. I'm pulling up in Los Angeles. I'm trying to find street parking. And as I'm pulling up to the dunes, this dude darts across the crosswalk. And like I had to kind of step on the brakes in the Jetta because you and I know the Jetta's got some horsepower now. I speak facetiously, but for real, I mean, the Jetta can giddy up and go. Uh, Someone darts across the crosswalk, and I'm like, holy smokes. That could have been an unfortunate series of events. And I look to see who this person was who darted across the crosswalk as they kind of give me a wave. It's Matt Leinert. And so I'm playing this out in my head. I'm like, I almost hit Matt Leinert at the crosswalk. That would not be something I want to have on the resume. And he wasn't upset. He would just gave him you know, the, the, the two-finger, what's up, appreciate you stopping. And he just went on about his day. So... Anyways, that's my story about the time that Matt Leinart and I almost hung out, I guess you could say. But anyways, we're going to keep this thing rolling. I would love to hear from y'all what your best college football story is. Get in the live chat and let me know. Also, get at me on Twitter. Get at me on Instagram, at J.D. Pakel. What is your best college football story? I don't know if that Matt Leinart story is really college football specific, but I thought in the nature of talking about USC, we should share it. All right? So we'll keep this thing moving here. Florida State and the Seminoles. 
got the most returning production in the entire country. Did you know that? Did you know that? Because ESPN, they did their entire list of returning production, and, and they have a whole algorithm with how they weight specific position groups coming back and rushing yards and all that. But when you tally it all up, Florida State's got 80% of returning production on offense, 94% of returning production on defense. So then we ask the question, does it matter? Does it matter? Or if it does matter, what's the impact of that? What's, what's the significance of having the most returning production in the country? And I think, one, it absolutely matters, okay? So Florida State fans, y'all ain't played a game yet, but neither has anybody else. Don't let them tell you it doesn't matter. It matters because when you take the field, guess what? You have a better jumping off point than the next team. Why? Because you're working with a lot of the same ingredients. You have a platform to build from. And you know what else comes with that? Confidence. We'll talk more about the the internal feel with that from a culture standpoint, but you got some confidence. Jordan Travis trots out there, routes on air. He doesn't have to figure out the timing with Johnny Wilson. They've they've been throwing the ball for a year now. They've already they they know each other's tendencies. They have confidence together from what they did a season ago, and you can build with that. The thing is, you have the ingredients you had last year. You had a good year last year. Not the year that you expect to have this year, but you had a good year last year, a year to build off of. And every single year, college football coaches say this a lot because it's true for the most part, but every year is a totally new team. Not really for Florida State. This is the same group of characters that did a lot of good things last year. Team that beat LSU last year. Team that beat Oklahoma last year. Team that beat Florida last year. Like they, They've got a lot of notches in the belt. And so for Florida State, the confidence that comes with that, and the guys that have done that a season ago, they can build off of that. It's not just a total reset. It's a, okay, we did that, now what's next for Florida State? So you're encouraged by that. Now, make sure you're locked in right here to the On3 YouTube channel. Not going to spend too much time talking about this, but subscribe right here, all right? We want you a part of the party. We want you a part of the family, all right? Part of the program. Lock it in. Also, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on the gram, at JD Pakel. Appreciate you all in advance for that. So here's what I think is maybe arguably more important than having guys coming back on the field. And I don't want to downplay the importance of having returning personnel because that's crucial. Having a quarterback back in Jordan Travis, that's crucial. Johnny Wilson, all 11 feet of him back, that's crucial. But what I think really allows talented teams to take that next step, allows talented teams to play for what they want to play for, which is college football playoffs and conference titles and all that, it's the internal piece of it. It's not just coach speak. It's not just cliche. This is true. Going back to what I said, every single year, you reset. Now, when you reset, what is the, the gamble there? The thing that coaches get concerned about. Where's our culture going to be at? Had a lot of good leaders last year. They graduate. They're gone for the NFL, whatever. Where, where's our culture going to be at? Florida State, they don't have that problem. You got a lot of guys back. They understand the culture. They understand the standard in Tallahassee. You're not wondering, what am I made of? You're not wondering, what's this team going to be like when you know, fourth quarter and we're down a score and we got to find a way to get it done or we're trying to hold on to a lead. As a fan, too, take it a step further. As a fan, you know what your team is made of now. You know what Florida State's made of because you've seen it. You've seen it. They've experienced it. You saw them block the extra point against LSU to win the game in regulation when everybody and their mama thought we were going to OT, myself included, jumping and screaming at home, watching the game. Florida State blocks the extra point. Game over. Culture. Never say die mentality. That's still there in Tallahassee. Going and, and beating Florida. Finishing the regular season strong against a feisty Florida team that's your rival. Culture. 
Okay, Florida State, they still have a lot of that internally. I already know what we're made of. I've already seen it, and it's still there. It's not like, hey, great year in 22. Let's try and pick up the pieces and find a way to get the guys that are still left to get it done. No, a lot of the guys are still there. That's why you get excited about 23. That's kind of the thing, man. You're excited about 23 because of what you did in 22. And a lot of those guys come back in 22. So now what happens? Returning production plus positive results. You put them together. What do you get? High expectations. You get pressure. We say it a lot on here. No pressure, no diamonds, man. That's the reality. If you want to achieve something great, there's got to be some expectations for you. In Florida State, they welcome those expectations. Those are expectations they haven't really had in a realistic sense on them in a minute. So they're happy to have it. Jordan Travis, he relishes it. Jared Verse relishes it. Mike Norvell, they gave him some new money, relishes it. That's what this team is made of, and I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to see what they do with it now. Because there's going to be a lot of hype when it comes to, you know, preseason polls and the homepage on ESPN. And, you know, we're going to talk about Florida State here. We're going to do our part. I promise you we'll do our part in hyping up Florida State because they've deserved it. They've earned it now. A lot of guys back, a lot of things that are teed up for them to be successful. Who knows who's the favorite in the ACC right now? A lot of people would say Florida State. I'd have a hard time disagreeing with you. There's pressure now. There's pressure. So how you respond to that is what's going to make Florida State in 23. goes without saying. But you feel better about them handling that pressure because it's guys that are back from last year, guys that have been through the fire. So Florida State, number one team in returning production. Does it matter? Heck yes, it matters. It matters you've got guys that played before, but I think it matters even more that you have guys that have a culture that's really in place now in Tallahassee. There's no reset button. The mission is the mission now. Go win the ACC, go make the college football playoff. That's the mission. Anything less, they're unhappy with. Double-digit wins, cool, we'll take it, yeah. But we didn't win the ACC, mission failed. So Florida State, that is what they have in front of them. I'm fired up to watch what happens there. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch this coming season. So that's Florida State. Appreciate everybody tuned in live right now, man. Go ahead and like the video if you haven't already. Go ahead and throw, throw a, a thumbs up at us. We're glad to have you here, man. Again, we talk college football every single day. And we love this sport together, man. I'm telling you, it's May. You're watching a college football show. We're talking about college football. So go ahead and like the video. Get in the chat right now. Let us know your college football questions. We've got some Yanity insanity coming at you. Trey Yanity, in for Nick break. Next man up. Show goes on. Dude has been absolutely crushing it here. Making everything that you see here happen. Keeper of the queue now. Welcoming in that man from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The pride of South Carolina. Trey Hannity. Trey, how we doing, big dog? I'm doing great, J.D. Thank you for having me. I've uh, never counted soft today in my life. Don't plan on starting today. So I'm excited to be part of the show. Let's Wishing go. Wishing our guy uh, Nick Brake safe travels as he heads up to Virginia there. Got some good questions, J.D., and I think we want to start uh, in Southern California, your stomping grounds where that excellent story came from earlier. <laughs> Somebody asked if, uh, if USC is a top 40 defense. Is that enough for a CFP appearance? I guess where does their defense need to be to make the CFP here? Top 40, I think top 40, you're, you're in the ballpark, right? Like, I mean, you know, you're, you're a Pirates fan, Trey. You're, you're at least in the door there at wherever the Pirates' home baseball park is. Um, for USC, man, 40, gosh, top 40, I feel better about it, but I would love to see them be in, like, that top 30, top 25 range if we're being greedy. Because they went to the portal. Lincoln Riley went and got himself some program guys to get it done. 
I'd love to see him near the top 30. Top 40, uh, maybe. Top 30, I think you start to feel a little bit more excited about your chances. Because, I mean, in the Pac-12 now, Trey, you and I both know this, they're going to play some offenses. Not to mention they still got to play Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. They're going to have their work cut out for them. So top 30 makes me feel better. But USC, man, a, the reason a lot of people are excited about him, a lot of people are picking him to be a college football playoff team. Vegas is uh, grouped in there as well. They got him in the top five. So, yeah, great question. Top 30 is my final answer there, Trey. I like it. Defense has to improve at least a little bit. Let's stay on the West Coast here, J.D. Let's take got it to, to uh, the Evergreen State. I think it is Washington. Talk win totals earlier. Washington State, six and a half as well. What are we thinking there? Dude, first off, look at you. Evergreen State. That was a bar. That was an absolute bar from you with the Evergreen State. Yes, Washington State, man, six and a half wins. We'll, we'll go over. They, they surprised a lot of people last year, Trey. They went to Madison, I believe, and beat Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, obviously, they had made some changes since then. So, we'll, you know, I don't know if that would happen again this year. But uh, I'll go ahead and take the over on Washington State. They're six and a half wins. Probably could go either way on that, but, you know, it's May. We'll roll with the over for the old Cougs there. Yeah, I like it. I think Washington State's uh, higher ceiling. I know that one uh, a little bit less talked about here. Let's take it back to the SEC. A lot of Tennessee talk in the chat. Nobody really asking about uh, a win total mark here. Mm. If you had to pick one, uh, J.D., what do you think for Tennessee? You know, Tennessee's at nine and a half wins. So we, we looked at that one hard. I didn't put it on there as a best bet because, quite frankly, I don't, I don't know just yet. We talked to you know, people in the office about it, and we kind of put it up for discussion. You know, if, we're, if we're playing safe games, we're, we're saying 9-3. We picked them to go 9-3 a year ago, and they went 10-2, so we were kind of close there. Um, gosh, man, it's so tough in May, Trey, because you, you want to go over on everybody. You want to go over on Tennessee. You want to go over on LSU. You want to go over on Georgia. You can't go over on everybody. So if I were to put a confidence bet down, I would say nine and three for Tennessee and, and hedge that way. But I also think nine and a half is, is, a, is a realistic number. So 10 is also. So I'm sitting on the fence here, Trey, is what I'm telling you. I'm sitting on the fence. I don't know which way I like. I'll lean nine and three right now because it's May. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick that when we get closer to for sure. It's a high expectation. High expectations. They've uh, earned it. You know, they have. And uh, they're going to have a lot coming back. Let's talk about a game that's coming back this year. I think Florida State's kind of been the theme of our show today. Mm. Uh, we had a poll out on our, on our show as well. Who had the best success in the transfer portal? Florida State was a selection by our fans. A lot of Florida State commenters. Let's preview that game just a little bit more, J.D. I want your thoughts. LSU versus Florida State. If you had to make a pick, it's May. If you Ooh. had to make a pick, what are we taking there? I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Great tee-up by you and great, uh, great poll posed by you as well so listen we got florida state and lsu in orlando on a sunday the beautiful part about week one college football it don't matter if it's saturday thursday sunday monday we got college football on the television so that's great um we actually previewed this game on the on three roundtable youtube channel shay dixon from the Bengal tiger lsu's on three site and ira chauffel from war chant are on three florida state site so go and check that out they did a phenomenal job previewing the game Man, it's so here's the deal, Trey. We we picked LSU over nine and a half wins today. Again, it's May. Like you said, it's May. We picked LSU over nine and a half wins, but we factored in the potential that Florida State wins that game week one. There's more there's more cohesion on the offensive line for LSU. Jane Daniels looked good in that spring football game. Man, it's so tough. It's so tough. You know what? We're gonna gosh, it's in Orlando. I bet both crowds turn out. We're gonna, so here's the deal. We're going to pick this game 
prediction-wise, preview-wise, when we get to that week. Right now, I'm going to lean ever so slightly towards Florida State. Ever so slightly. It's not, it's not a, not a you know, lock-it-in kind of pick. We're going to lean slightly towards Florida State today. But obviously, uh, we're sitting on the fence there. We're going to reserve a right to change that there as well, Trey. So, yeah, we'll, we'll lean Florida State today. You, you have a pick there, Trey? You have, you have a pick in that one? Man, this is tough, J.D. I, uh, you know, early background in the ACC, SEC transition. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, if I just had to take a stab in the dark, I'm going to go LSU. Okay. Brian Kelly's uh, I love it. dominant year one. Let's see what year two looks like, but it is too early. We'll see what we got. We can wrap it up there, J.D., or I got one more win total for you Man, if you want. Let's do one more, huh? Got it's a Thursday. Let's, let's do one more. Let's get crazy. Let's get, let's let's get, get a little crazy while. and somebody's, do one more. <laughs> uh, somebody's asking about the Boomer Sooner. Let's do it. J.D., 10-plus is their question. What do you have them at, though? 10-plus, <sighs> man. So here's the thing. Uh, Trey, we've kind of been out in front of the uh, the Sooner bandwagon just a little bit because they, they won six games a year ago, but they had five games that were decided by a score. Five, excuse me, five losses decided by a score. So if I were to pick today, gosh, again, it's May, so I just I want to put every, I want to put over on everybody today. Um, gosh, the thing is, I think Texas is going to be pretty good too, and Oklahoma and Texas both being good, conventional wisdom would say not as likely to happen, even if they are the two most talented rosters. You know what? It's May. Let's go ahead and go over today on nine and a half wins in Oklahoma. We'll probably do a, a best bets for the Big 12 win totals as well. So if you haven't yet subscribed right here to the On3 YouTube channel, I just gave you a reason to do that. We're going to talk Big 12 win totals on a future live show. I promise you that. So right now, we'll, we'll, we'll say over, Trey. We'll say over. How about that? That is beautiful, J.D. I think that's uh, that's all we got. Thank you for going rapid fire there for us, too, on uh on all of our win totals, and thank you guys for getting in the comments, interacting with us throughout the show. But uh, I think that's all we got here for our questions today. Trey, you're the absolute man. Appreciate you holding it down, brother. Phenomenal job. Phenomenal job, man. Also, put, put you on the hot seat for a second there, and you just jumped in. No problem at all. Picking picking the Tigers week one is Trey Yannity. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all rocking with us here. Now, so here's the deal. About two years ago tomorrow was when we filmed the first ever hard count episode and that episode was filmed i believe it was either like 11 o'clock at night or like 5 a.m in the morning as i was trying to get ready to go to my my office eight to five job and so we sat down filmed a video on a separate channel and just did it because we freaking love college football and feel passionate about this sport and love everything that it, that it brings. And so I, I don't say that to, to you know, commemorate two years or to say, wow, look at us and where we are. Just genuinely to say thank you because there have been so many of y'all that I know full well were watching when we were back in Waco, Texas and are still watching now as we're doing this on the On3 YouTube channel. So thank you so much for that and appreciate y'all that have joined us along the way. An absolute blast and a privilege to be able to spend this time with y'all on a daily basis right here. So again, if you haven't yet subscribed, man, we'd love to have you all at the party. We'd love to have you a part of this. Shout out to the good folks on podcast, holding it down. Like I said, if you're, if you're finding time after we go live to jump on the podcast and hear us on your drive or on your walk to work, whatever you're doing, man. We, we appreciate y'all for that, making us a part of this. So for all of us here, man, Trey Yannity holding it down on the ones and twos. I'm Jody Pacquiao. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We're going to keep this party rolling, and we will see y'all next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to 
busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.